This is On the Mat and in the Ring with Coco. I'm your host, Coco, and today we are talking about the aftermath of the 2020 Rail Rumble. So you guys, this was a a bit intense. This was a bit intense. So let's just start from the beginning. Um, Just a few honorable mentions. Shout out to Keith Lee, the new North American champion, the current NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley for retaining. It's a lot of things going on. And man, let me tell you, uh, it's looking good in some places, looking kind of odd in others, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So let's start with the Royal Rumble pre-show. Sheamus featuring, I'm sorry, I said featuring. (laughs) Sheamus versus Shorty G. My first problem is, (laughs) let's, let's start here. I'm so sick of the Shorty G name. It's so annoying. I mean, I get that sometimes they go through certain, I guess you can say to a degree, embarrassments. And sometimes they work out. This is one of those situations where I feel like they should have just left it as Chad Gable. You know, it has a ring to it. The Shorty G thing is just a little embarrassing, to say the least. Um, needless to say, Sheamus defeated Shorty G. Um, and the match was a little under 15 minutes. Um, not too bad, but, you know, definitely expected more. Um, Andrade uh, versus Humberto Carrillo for the United States Championship, and Andrade retained. Um, now, let's go ahead and skip over to the main card, because I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> I have so much to say about this. First match started off the night of the actual show, Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. You know, uh, of course, there's always going to be people you don't like, people you like, people you're not really sure about, people that you forget is this, whatever the case may be. Um, Baron Corbin, because I just don't like referring to him as King Corbin. I honestly feel like every piece of success he has had has been a pure setup. Um, It really honestly hurts to say that because he does have some kind of talent is just really annoying because I feel like he can't really get over for real like nobody really cares about the storylines it's like at this point it's like you just kind of a running joke in a sense um it was a false count anywhere match and you know I could be crazy the match was only a little over 20 minutes and I swear that match went on forever. I really felt like that match was like 30, 40 minutes long. It took so long for the conclusion of that match. Now, one thing that I just, (laughs) I just sincerely don't understand. So, I noticed that over the last couple years that with Roman Reigns, certain feuds they get him in just seem to just drag when there's no point to it. And without being disrespectful, I really feel like the whole Roman, you know, Baron Corbin beef is it's been ran its course. It's just like how it was with Roman and Braun Strowman. Like that beef was dragged out entirely too much. And it was really annoying. It was so boring. It got to the point where it was like boring. Like honestly, I was over the whole Braun and Roman feud when um <laughs> When Roman felt the need to, uh, you know, hit, like, back that ambulance over for a minute. I was definitely over the situation then, to be honest. Um, And it just kept, it still just kept going after that. And it was just really annoying. I felt like that crap went on for, like, a year. 
And I believe it did, if I'm not mistaken, or almost here. Either way, it just took too freaking long. It was very drawn out. It was annoying. It was not worth it. Um, honestly, it was a very bad um, feud, in my opinion. But this whole Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin beef, I definitely feel like this is the same situation. It's super pointless. It's super annoying. It's super dry. Like... I get that you want to make sure that one of your top superstars, and for the record, that would be Roman Reigns, um, needs to be in the mix because uh, people really pay to come see him. I don't care what anybody says. We know that people really come to pay to see him. He's one of the people that people pay to see. And it's like, granted, he did, you know, I don't want to say disappear. He was gone for some time due to, you know, some health issues. And, you know, again, shout out to Roman Reigns for being a soldier and being able to you know, fight through this, like fight through all these issues and still be able to compete at the level that he does. Like mad respect for that, man. That's like, that's dope as fuck. Like I love Roman. I wish people appreciated him more for the simple fact that he has a raw talent. Like some people don't have to really get a lot of training. They just need little tips here and there and they can just make it happen. And Roman definitely has the raw talent. Like He's a superstar, and honestly, I just think people are hating. It's like mainly men are haters because he's attractive. Granted, he's the type of guy that most females would like to, you know, date, marry, whatever you want to say. And I think that's intimidating to most men, especially, you know, if their spouse finds him attractive. I think that's why he gets a lot of the negative attention because it's not the fact that he can't wrestle, but... It really annoys me when people say that Roman can't wrestle for the simple fact that everybody has their own style. There's been plenty of superstars over the years, male and female, that couldn't wrestle, but people love them. Like, let's be honest, Tori Wilson, I'm still trying to figure out how she got in the Hall of Fame because she didn't do anything. She did nothing. All she did was take her clothes off and prance around in bikinis and do bra and panty matches and it's not like Trish didn't do that too but because that was like the thing around them but Trish actually competed like yeah Lita even did bra and panty matches but that was like how the Attitude Era was like starting to take over where they started off like that and then they progressed and then it got better and it's like Tori Wilson like she was one of those people that just never had the talent and it's sad to say because I feel like if she would have worked better at it she would have had like a lot more to offer but it's just like even when she did start taking it seriously near the end of her you know career there it still was nothing to write home about and again I mean no disrespect about it but it's just is I call it like I see it she does does not have the talent she did nothing groundbreaking for women so I mean I'm still trying to figure out how she got in the Hall of Fame before somebody like Michelle McCool who has a raw freaking amazing talent but um, my, that's my point being is that you have people to just have raw talent. And it's just like, I hate when people's talent get overshadowed by BS. And I feel like that's what it is with Roman. Like everybody has their own style of wrestling. Some people are more aggressive. You have some people that's very technical, like Natalia, the Heart Foundation. They were technical wrestlers. You have people like Rey Mysterio. He's, you know, lucha style, you know, it's high flying, you know, it's fast paced. Everything is different. Everybody's style is different. You got Braun Strowman. He technically can't wrestle. He's just everything he does is more about brute strength. Like Roman has a very balanced combination of technicality, brute strength, as well as agility and speed. 
Like, he he has an awe. He has an awe. I mean, granted, his mic skills have come into question quite a few times, but honestly, who hasn't when you really think about it? Um, moving forward, though, um, just to comment, you know, with Baron Corbin, I really feel like, you know, for them to send Finn Balor back to NXT was really janky. I really feel like that was disrespectful because I feel like if anybody... I, I get it. I kind of get it because you need they needed that star power, but at the same time, it's kind of like to a degree. I kind of feel like it was punishment because I mean, shoot, I was watching Raw a lot of the times for Finn Balor, and even when he got drafted, I was watching. I was watching a lot of times for Finn Balor, and it's annoying because honestly, anytime Baron Corbin comes on the screen, I'm ready to change the freaking channel. Um, I feel like if anything, Baron should have been sent back to NXT. It was just all frustrating that because they're just using him in places he shouldn't be used. I'm going to the 30 woman over the top rope Royal Rumble. Uh, we all know that Charlotte Flair won by lastly eliminating Shayna Baszler. In my personal opinion, I really felt like that was fixed. And I really hate to say that. But, you know, anybody who knows the world of wrestling, there is, uh, you know, certain situations where we already know who's going to, they already know who's going to win and, you know, whatever the case. But honestly, I'm just so sick of Charlotte. I'm sick of looking at her. I'm sick of hearing her music. I'm just, I'm sick of her getting chance after chance after chance. And it's honestly real annoying because you have people that work so hard and, you know, Charlotte is very talented. I'm not taking anything away from her. But a lot of the opportunities she legit did not earn. Like, that whole WrestleMania situation last year, she did not earn that at all. Like, there was no reason why she should have even been in that match. That match should have strictly been Ronda and Becky, period, point blank. Um, You got people like Becky that has the talent, has the mic skills. And it's like, yeah, Charlotte has the talent, but she does not have the mic skills. She's not really relatable. And it's like, a lot of people only like her because her dad's Ric Flair. And I just feel like that's not genuine, but to each their own. Um, Honestly, I'm just tired of her getting chances. I feel like it's time for other people to get chances. Like, you have so many other superstars, they're sitting there in the back, and they're not getting, like, legit chances. And I don't think that's fair. Like, granted, you got people like Dana Brooke. Now, <laughs> I'm not 100% sure what's going on with Dana Brooke. At this point, I'm very confused. Because when she was in NXT, she was decent. It was like, okay, yeah, she, you know, maybe she'd get a little coaching or whatever. Or, you know, maybe just some time. But it seems like ever since she's on the main roster, it's just more of a joke. And at this point, it's just kind of like, why is she even around? Like... You just need somebody to be a jobber. Like, why is she even around? Because this is just annoying. Um, honestly, and while I'm on the subject of sick and tired of seeing people, I'm so sick of this whole situation with Brock Lesnar. I'm so tired of seeing him. I'm tired of hearing his name. I'm tired of hearing his music. Like, the universe has been done with him, honestly. We've been done. He's just... He's just annoying. And it really annoyed me and it's so funny i told my best friend this a couple of nights ago and i was taking her to work that it i remember when roman last year may uh came out and you know you know addressed the wwe universe and you know said that he doesn't think it's right that you know brock gets to sit at home and do what he wants and doesn't have to defend the title and you know unless he wants to and only at certain pay-per-views and all this and that which i 100 percent agree with and long story short, if you guys saw that, you remember um, 
Roman got in a little bit of trouble for that. And, you know, they caught Vince backstage and Vince made the comment of, well, you know, Brock earned certain privileges. Here's my beef with that statement. What did Brock really earn? He's earned nothing. He's earned absolutely dirt. Nothing. Nothing. Buckets. Nothing. When he was with WWE the first time, he was there, what, a year, a year and a half? I never cared enough to even really get the numbers down for that one. And what did you really do? Whatever. Yeah, you won a title. Whatever. Who hasn't? Will freaking who? Randy's Orton's won freaking 13. Triple H has won 14. Whatever. Then you were going for like, what, six, seven years? And then you were getting your ass kicked all over UFC and then came back and was there for like, what, a year again or, you know, something like that. And then left and then you pop back up and it's just like why are you able to make all this money and get all of these sweet perks and other people have to work their ass to the bone like I just don't think that's right or fair because I'm sick of him just getting title opportunity after title opportunity the whole situation of how Kofi lost the title is bogus as fuck to me and I'm so sorry to say it like that but it's just freaking bogus to me um, I really hate that situation, but and especially with the whole no uh, rematch thing, even though certain people have gotten rematches, but whatever. So, um, back to the lecture at hand here, Charlotte. I definitely feel like the whole situation was fixed. Um, you know, her being able to, you know, get Shayna Baszler, like everybody saw it. It just looks real janky. Like Shayna clearly had her. And then all of a sudden for it to turn around the way it did, like it just looks real janky. It honestly looks like a botched job, but whatever. Um, unfortunately, Charlotte will be going to WrestleMania, you guys, um, unless she gets injured. I mean, God forbid, I would never wish that on anybody, but unless uh, she has some type of family emergency or she is injured or something, I don't see it happening, you guys. Um, Bailey defeated Lacey Evans to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. <sighs> you guys, I really don't know what to say about this one because um, it's a very, um, very, uh, I don't even know the word I want to use. It's a very complicated situation here. I, I sincerely, <laughs> I sincerely don't even know where to start here. So, this whole new attitude with Bailey, new haircut, new music, new gear, you know, whatever. I um I like the new attitude. The gear, not so much, but it's it's better than the old gear because I hated that crap. Um the haircut looks like crap, honestly. I feel like they could have did a a totally different uh, idea with her hair. Like they could have kept her hair long and then they could have cut it shorter than what it was, but not that freaking short and not that straight because it makes her look like a granny, but whatever. Like, you need to know what's flattering for people's features, and that haircut is just not flattering for Bailey's features, and I just think that's really annoying that they did that to her. At this point, just get a girl a couple clip-ins, make a, a tad longer, and, like, maybe, like, layer it or something, lighten it just a little bit. Maybe some hot, like, lighten it back to her original color, do some, like, little highlights, some little lowlights, I should say. And let it be, because this ain't working. But needless to say, the new attitude with Bailey, I'm definitely loving it. Um, I definitely feel like Bailey is getting the respect that she deserves. Because Bailey was going hard for a long time. And let's be honest, Bailey was like legit putting in work at NXT. You know, one of the four horsewomen along with Sasha Banks, the boss, the blueprint. 
Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, the man. And, you know, Bailey put on a lot of freaking good matches, and people seriously freaking forget that. You know, Bailey and Sasha at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. You know, like, Bailey has put on some bomb matches, and I really think people freaking forget about that. Like, Bailey is kind of, I don't want to say she's the GOAT, but she has the freaking potential, man. Like, she legit has the freaking potential. Like, Bailey gets the job done. That is for damn sure. So, um, now, granted, this whole feud with Lacey and, you know, Bailey is a bit weird. I'm not going to lie. It's a bit strange because it just kind of seems like. It seems forced, you know? I mean, it looks kind of good for Lacey, but at the same time, it looks like real worked. It looks a little overly worked for the simple fact that, you know, Lacey's beef with these title run, like these title challenges are always pretty much the same thing. Like, oh, like, you know, they you need to bring some class to this. And it's like, yeah, it plays up to her character, but at the same time, it's kind of like, can you find something new to freaking say? Um, the match itself... You know, I'm not trying to be funny, but I feel like Bailey got played because her match was definitely like the shortest match of the whole night. Everybody else got at least like, let me not even say at least. Everybody had over 10 minutes for sure. No hesitation. Even that whole Sheamus and Shorty G match was like almost 13 minutes. Like the fact that Bailey's match wasn't even freaking 10 minutes long. <laughs> very disappointing it's like you couldn't even get a girl 10 minutes like uh, even then that's janky like she couldn't even get like 12 minutes like granted becky and oscar got almost seven they got 16 and a half minutes for the most part which definitely they should get out because becky like gets it popping and they need to start putting more respect on oscar after the way they did her but bailey i see why she has an attitude it definitely helps place for her um character because you know the whole change was about her not getting the respect she deserves as a smackdown women's champion because she felt like she was being overshadowed by becky lynch which was if you want to get technical true um it's uh you know true but it's at the same time it's kind of like okay when are you gonna start putting respect on this girl when she is one of the four women that helped bring the women's division to this point like you got the women's division back on the map, research in a whole new freaking light. Like the the the, the disrespect is real. The the lack of respect for Bailey is real here. I I definitely see. Um, Lacey Evans, she's um. I'm not really a fan of Lacey Evans. Um, I definitely don't think she's ready to be champion, but she has the tools. I wholeheartedly believe she has the freaking tools, man. She has a good look. Um, she has the athleticism for sure. Like she's she's definitely very graceful in the ring. I will say that she uh, she is she's deceiving because you know it's like it's almost like a like a pit bull. As much as people talk about pit bulls, they're gorgeous dogs, but they are vicious when they need to be. And Lacey is like she's. A, a very attractive woman, but she is vicious when she needs to be. She is definitely uh, a little vicious. Like, Lacey is very uh, 
She's very competitive, you know, which is no surprise seeing as that she started in the Marines for years, uh, you know, with high rank too. I mean, let's be honest, uh, mad respect for that. Uh, but, you know, she took time to learn the craft, to hone the craft and, you know, perfect it. I feel like with a little bit more experience on the main roster and, you know, I feel like at the earliest, like what is still was February now, the first of February, you guys, uh, I feel like maybe, oh man, this might be a tough one. It's February 1st. So I'll say if Lacey can have a good string, a good run of like main roster matches, and maybe some good sporadic appearances in NXT, you know, to go back and have some matches there with maybe Rhea Ripley and, you know, Shayna Baszler before she gets on the main roster and, um, you know, Bianca Belair. I really feel like, um, I really feel like she could do something, man. I feel like if she has a good run for a few months, she can possibly get a title, like a, a real title, like shot and actually win before the end of the year is out for damn sure. Like I'll say by Survivor Series of this year, if she can stay consistent and she can put on some good ass matches, I definitely can see her being champion by Survivor Series at the end of this year. She has the tools, man. She has to look. The mic skills need a little work. I mean, she's better than most, but they need a little tweak because it's just like it's a little slow sometimes. Her timing is a little off, but for the most part, it's like overall good. Um, So definitely respect to Lacey. I can see uh, I can see her being a champion by Survivor Series of this year, which is in November, you guys, you know, around Thanksgiving. If, uh, if she can, you know, get on a nice little streak, you know, of course, you can't win them all. But even if she did, that would make it even fucking better. Um, I mean, and granted, I do want to say this. I'm a lot of the stuff that's been happening lately has been a little tasteless. Um, the whole, you know, Bailey saying something about her kid. That was a little, that was a little too much for me. I mean, granted, they have to agree with it. I mean, sometimes things happen and they don't get ran by the talent first, but, um, it's a little tasteless. Like, I kind of don't like when people bring people kids into it. I mean, it's just a little sketchy for me. I mean, but I'm an overprotective parent, so that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> The Fiend Bray Wyatt, who defeated Daniel Bryan to retain the Universal Championship. Which was, by the way, a strap match. Which also, by the way, was Daniel Bryan's own freaking idea, you guys. Um... <laughs> you know this uh this one is actually pretty interesting i kind of don't even know where to start with the situation um honestly i kind of want to get a little off topic here for a second but it, it like kind of pertains but it's a, a slight smidge off topic um you know the whole situation here with you know Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan is that um the whole I don't want to say rule of thumb here the whole gag here was supposed to be that uh you know after Daniel had this heel turn you know dealing with somebody like you know the thing you know turned him back to the yes movement it was the only thing that was supposed to be powerful enough to you know get Daniel Bryan motivated enough to be able to recapture glory I guess a lot of people can say or you know just reclaim the title whatever your preference is and, um, 
you know, I I feel some type of way about this because I don't care what anybody says. Daniel Ryan has been an underdog. He has been a glorified paper champion not to us but in you know in certain storylines like it like they was the way they was treating him and it's just like you guys are like getting real confusing so you know if you guys remember back in the day as i like to say um because i'm a 90s kid all day uh back in the day when you know wcw was actually alive and popping that uh, you know, the the one of their main downfalls was that they didn't know if their characters were heel or face. It's like it was always a jump back and forth. And granted, sometimes you have to do that, especially when you got somebody that's been there a long time, like Randy Orton. Like, look at him; he's been there for fifteen years plus. You gotta switch it up. You can't keep doing the same thing. So you gotta switch it up. Granted, but WWE is in a lot of trouble right now. They're under a lot of heat, under a lot of pressure because of all the, I guess you could say, uncertainty when it comes to a lot of things. The fact that so many of their characters, you know, I won't say characters, as much as so much of their talent has gone through so many flip-flops being face and being heel. Prime example, Natalia. You have her heel, then you drafted a rod, and then she's supposed to be face again. And then it's just like, it's too much confusion. It's just like, for example, when this whole Fox deal happened, and you know, they was like, oh, you know, when you get whatever brand these people get drafted to, they're going to be exclusive to these brands. It's not, it's not going to be no more, uh, you know, trades and shakeups. Everybody's just where they at. That's it. And then over the course of the next couple months, you got people still showing up to different rosters they weren't drafted to. And it's just, it's a whole headache. It's a whole headache. And, oh, they might have been, you know, face on maybe SmackDown. They got a run in their heel or they was a heel on SmackDown when the run in their face and vice versa. And it's just, it's very, very unstable right now and it's very annoying very freaking annoying because at this point it's just kind of like how many times do you guys gonna do this like some people have had too many turns just within a year and a year or a year and a half alone it's like you have to you have to be a little bit more consistent with this stuff it's really annoying to people um <laughs> i i say that to get back to to get uh get you guys to understand so with the whole Fiend and Daniel Bryan situation. So, you know, they've built this idea of, you know, the Fiend and how he's supposed to be so, you know, unstoppable when he plays these, like, severe mind games and all this and that. And it's not like that's not necessarily true. It's not like it's not necessarily true. However, here's the issue. Yeah, somebody like Daniel Bryan who went through um a heel, he went through a heel change. And a lot of people don't remember Daniel Bryan was considered a heel a few years ago. Like what back in uh 2012, 2013 ish he was considered a heel, you know, before he got on the yes movement and everything, you know. Uh when he was like, you know, tagging with Kane the first time, you know, team hell no. So, you know, but the point being it's confusing because he was healed for like what a freaking year 
And then now all of a sudden he's facing it. And it's like, what are you guys going to do now? You're going to put him back heel in another year? Like, it's too much confusion. That was one of the things that sparked the downfall for WCW. You know, it's ironic because I remember reading um, an article about, you know, an interview Seth Rollins did. And he's just like, you know, the fans are always going to find something to be disappointed about or to complain about all this and that. This is so true. However, y'all need to understand when a product is getting bad, people are supposed to give reviews. Prime example. If you buy something, let's say you buy a TV from Best Buy and you only bought it because it was on sale. You get the TV home, you start having issues with it. There may be, to your one purchase of that TV, there may have been a hundred others that had no freaking problem at all. So let's say there were, let's say there were just, for argument, say 10,000 of these TVs sold. 10,000, right? Sounds like a lot, not really, but you're catching my drift. Let's say there was 10,000 of these TVs sold. Out of that 10,000, there were about 3,000 people that, had issues with the TV, but the other 7,000 had no complaints at all. Just because a small majority is complaining does not mean there is not a problem. But in this particular situation, you got so many people complaining about stuff that is very valid. And you have talent like, uh, you have talent and I mean, like Seth Rollins, you know, seeing like, you know, oh, they're always going to find things to complain about. And, you know, we just do our jobs. And then you, you know, seeing Punk, you know, got on, you know, WWE backstage and, you know, saying like, well, before he actually got on WWE backstage, it was a couple months before he was on Twitter and he was just like, uh, just stop watching it then. And granted, you have a point, but think about it. I always tell people, you have to keep in mind, WWE is a publicly traded company. A lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people don't even remember that. WWE has been a publicly traded company since like, what, 97, maybe 98, possibly 99, somewhere in there. It was like, you know, near the end of the 90s, around the early 2000s area, that they became a a publicly traded company. So it's different when you have a company that's private and you can just make decisions and just do whatever the hell you want. But then when you have a publicly traded company, it's a whole nother situation. You have a board of directors you have to please. You have a consumer base or fan base that you have to please. You have the talent or, you know, in this case, the talent that you have to please. You know, you have stakeholders you have to please. It's a very, very hard balancing act. And I understand that. But you have a lot of people out here that don't understand business, not even on the slightest degree. And they don't understand that. So it's like a lot of the times we're not going to like stuff all the time. They're not always going to be 100% able to please us. But a lot of the stuff they're doing, they could switch. And I just feel like they people should be more aware of some of the stuff they're complaining about. Because just to briefly touch on this whole Lana, Rusa, Bobby Lashley, Liv Morgan situation, terrible. This storyline has been terrible. The acting from everybody's terrible. Lana's acting is terrible. Bobby Lashley's acting is terrible. And the fact that even trying to believe they're a couple is like just too hard to believe. Like, it's just a whole situation. I definitely feel like Liv Morgan should get a lot more uh, opportunity. She is talented. Um, I feel like she needs a little bit more work, however, you know, you know, ring wise and um, just, you know, the whole package, she needs a lot more work, but you know, for the most part, she, she can put on a decent show. So I'm not hating on that. Um, but 
you know, with the whole thing with Daniel Bryan going back facing and him going back to the Yes Movement, it was just kind of like, I'm just not invested in this particular storyline. It's just kind of like, oh, it's on. I'm going to just go throw some clothes in the washing machine or go use the bathroom or go jump in the shower real quick type of situation for me. Um... <laughs> I honestly didn't really watch the match. I, I kind of looked at it here and there, but I really was like ordering stuff on my phone for other, like for a business I have just because I wasn't interested in the whole situation. Um, then you have Becky Lynch, the man who defeated Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. So, you know, if you've been following this, you know that uh, the man has... Made it clear that she felt like Asuka had her number. She felt like, you know, I've been able to beat everybody around here, but I couldn't beat you. I only feel like I can sign this new contract. I only feel like I can sleep at night. I only feel like I can put myself at ease. If I can get a shot against Asuka, if I lose, I lose. If I win, then I can sleep good. I can move on. Like, I know that I put my all into it. And, you know, I particularly love the fact that Becky is getting the shine that she is. She deserves it. She's worked very hard. Um, You know, this is a prime example of what I was talking about earlier when I said that, you know, certain people deserve the opportunities that Charlotte was getting. And I don't care what anybody says. Let's just keep it real. A lot of the opportunities that Charlotte got was not because she earned them. It was simply because she's Ric Flair's daughter and everybody knows how close they are. So let's just be honest about that. They may not want to admit it. And granted, Charlotte has worked very hard. But at the same time, there has been a lot of situations that she shouldn't have got an opportunity where she did get an opportunity. As to whereas if somebody else was in that situation and did some of the stuff she did, then they would have been like, oh, well, no. So it's just it's a little janky, but whatever. Um, The point being, you know, Becky and Oscar had a very intense, hard hitting match and you know, it was a couple of times where I thought Oscar had Becky. It was definitely a few times. Uh, Kari Sane did, in fact, escort Oscar to the ring. She valeted her to the ring, and you know, she uh, she watched. You know, she pretty much stayed out of the match for the most part. Uh, you could tell Oscar got desperate because she did end up trying to do the green mist and it backfired on her ultimately, but. The match was very, very good. It was, it was emotional. It, it was like, uh, it was emotional, not as in like, oh, I want to cry, but it was emotional as in, um, you felt what Becky felt. Like you could feel Oscar like saying, "I'm coming for you," but you could also feel Becky like, "I'm not giving up without a fight. I got something to prove to myself, not nobody else." And you know, uh, well deserved win for sure. Um, Becky is an amazing talent and I just wish she had been utilized more a lot over these years that she's been on the main roster. You know, it seems like she got more, a lot more play when she was down in NXT, but you know, after she turned on Charlotte, which I definitely think was the best thing for her career. And I, cause I felt like Charlotte was holding her back, uh, which is interesting. I just want to touch on something for a second. When you watch, uh, if you haven't watched Becky's, uh, 24, uh, segment on, the WWE Network, you should definitely watch it. They, you know, interview different people. Of course, uh, Charlotte was one of the people they interviewed because they were best friends. And, you know, Charlotte makes the comment of, you know, she, she she kept asking me, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do to get better? And what can I do to make them notice me? And, you know, she was like, I just never knew what to tell her. She said, what do you tell your best friend when you idolize them? And I'm like, yeah, but I just find it funny how you kind of use your... um you kind of use your, I guess you could say, magic 
to, you know, get everything else done and to get stuff to go your way, but you couldn't do anything decent. You can go out of your way to try to help your friend. And not saying that Becky needed a handout, but if you was really her friend, you would have took it upon yourself to, like, at least say, hey, I'm not doing anything out of pity, but I I feel like maybe I shouldn't have this opportunity. Maybe, you know, you guys should give it to Becky. Like, sometimes the right thing to do is to not do something. Like, the right thing to do in some cases would have been for her to say, because at the end of the day, she has to think about her own career. I get that. But sometimes when you're really friends with somebody, you have to just take a step back and be willing to take an L to let them shine. But that's just how I was raised. Um, But... You know, Becky, she's been on this amazing, phenomenal role, making history, breaking barriers. And, you know, it's funny. I told my brother and a few other people, in a way, I feel like it works out for the better because, you know, you look at Charlotte, you're like, yeah, 10-time women's champion. And Becky, like, yeah, four-time women's champion. But at the same time, as many times as Charlotte has held that title, nothing she has done has broken barriers. Nothing she has done has made people be like, oh, my God. Becky has brought so much attention. She has changed the freaking game. And, you know, I honestly feel like by her getting shunned and, you know, just kind of left out to, you know, to the side for so long, I feel like that helped fuel her to make all of this happen. So, mad respect to Becky. Um, definitely love the match with her and Asuka. Asuka is another talent that I feel like they kind of, you know, fucked over, um... You know, when she got to the main roster, um, in my personal opinion, I definitely feel like every match that she had with Charlotte was fixed because it just, it never came off as authentic. It just never came off as authentic. And it just always looks like she was uncomfortable every time she lost. Like, I just, something about it just didn't feel right. Because in all honesty, I don't see Charlotte being able to be Oscar. Like, I just don't. Um, And it's funny because every time I had that conversation with people, everybody said the same thing. Uh, but definitely again, mad respect to Becky and Oscar. The match was amazing. Um, it was like, uh, it was about 16 and a half minutes. It was a really good match. And, uh, they're just, they're still taking the women's division rolling on and, you know, just making it look good. And I definitely appreciate that putting in that hard work. And we definitely appreciate and respect y'all for that for sure. Uh, the last match of course was, um, the men's Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre won by Eliminator Roman. Uh, let's just start with Roman. Roman has had an amazing um, history when it comes to these Royal Rumbles. Uh, you know, he's been running up a few times. He's won, like, you know, he's won once. You know, it would be nice if he would have won again. There's very few people that have won multiple Royal Rumbles. As we know, there's only one that has won more than twice, and that would be the Texas Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of my all-time favorites for sure. I um, I definitely feel like... um. I'm not a fan of Drew McIntyre. He definitely has the the uh, skills. He has the talent. Um, I just kind of feel like he's at an awkward place in his career. They, you know, gave him like these pretty cool feuds and pretty, you know, okay feuds. And but like now he's just kind of in this awkward place. So I really hope that they can find a way to, you know, get him on a, you know, get him on the right track again. So he won't be. Uh, I don't want to say lagging, but more of lacking. Um, when I say lacking, uh, and especially, uh, you know, for people that knows I'm from Detroit, we have our own type of jargon, our own type of slang. And, you know, here when we say somebody's lacking, that means you slacking. You ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. 
And it's just like, in this case, it's not that Drew ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing. It's just the situations he's being put in. And it's like, of course, he's trying to make lemonade out of lemons. So, mad respect for that. It's just that I wish they had something a little bit better for him right now. Just like I wish they would have a little stuff a little bit better for quite a few of the, uh, quite a bit of the talent on the roster for sure. Um, it's interesting to see, um, you know, Drew McIntyre already declared he wanted to face uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, so that should be interesting. Uh, Charlotte did not give a decision, uh, just irritating. Get no, did not give a decision, which is annoying to say the least. Because honestly, I'm annoyed either way. I really didn't want her to win. I'm just frustrated with the whole situation. Um, also just to kind of touch back based on the women's Royal Rumble, you know, shout out to Bianca Belair, who did an amazing job. She came in at number two and, you know, she, uh, she put in a lot of work. She did a lot. She had some eliminations. Uh, you know, she's definitely somebody I'm looking forward to seeing on the main roster. I just hope that, you know, she's not lost in the sauce. Like a lot of people who have come from NXT and come to the main roster and just never anything good happened from. They just kind of got lost in, you know, in the chaos. Um, Bianca Belair, the man definitely put on a phenomenal showcase. That is for sure. Um, I'm a little surprised that, uh, you know, Nia Jax wasn't back. You know, I figured she would have been back by now. Um, at this point, I'm thinking she might not be back to WrestleMania. Maybe she'll enter the, um, the over the top battle Royal for, uh, for at WrestleMania. They do on the pre-show. Um, there was a very, very surprising entrance in this um this year's men's royal rumble the hall of famer the 10-time world champion edge edge you guys hear me edge entered the royal rumble and man <laughs> let me tell you the roof came off that freaking building he came off of that freak like the roof came off of that freaking building for sure like <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. That was just, I literally, as soon as I saw him, I literally automatically went back to Attitude Era, you know, uh, (laughs) of him spearing Jeff Hardy off that ladder in the air. And, (laughs) you know, I don't want to cry, but, you know, Edge was a part of the attitude era which was my era and it was a really bar uh, i cannot talk i'm getting so emotional right now um it was definitely a really big part of my life um you know the tag team division was really big back then and edge was one of those people that <laughs> he was one of those people that just he made magic with so many people in that ring man and i'm sorry let me correct myself um <laughs> Let me caress myself. Uh, Edge is a Hall of Famer. He's also a Grand Slam champion. He's also a former former Royal Rumble winner. He's also the first Money in the Bank winner. And he's also a King of the Ring winner. Um, like words. Like he's an 11th time champion, by the way. I said 10. I'm so sorry about that. It's uh, just to name a few of his accomplishments. And it's crazy because so many people, like, if you grew up watching Edge, you know how emotional that moment was. Like, watching him retire and, 
you know, hearing that he might not ever be able to, you know, wrestle again. Well, at the time saying he wouldn't be able to wrestle again, it was very intense. And for him to, you know, take these precautions to come back and, you know, to end his career the way he wants, man, it's mad respect. Like, I'm super excited. But for this storyline to happen the way it did on Raw for Randy, that act like, you know, he was excited to see him and he wanted to do the um, rated RKO again and for him to attack him the way he did, it's like, even if Edge agreed to it, it's real tasteless. I just, it's so tasteless. And I say that because certain things I feel like should never even be an option. And it, like I said, even if Edge agreed to it, and even if he's sincerely okay with it, it's the simple fact that that was a very sensitive subject. Very sensitive subject. And we saw how much it hurt Daniel Bryan when he had to retire, thinking he wasn't going to be able to wrestle again. So I, I can only imagine how hard that was on Edge. But that was a very sensitive situation. Like, you were talking about his personal life, his also his career. And to kind of, like, make that the cornerstone of how this beef is going to be brought up with them, it's just, it was very tasteless in my opinion. But, um, you know, Edge is a trooper. I know he's all about you know, putting on a good show. He's all about putting on the best possible show. He's also about working hard and having fun. And, you know, that definitely has shown in his work for years. He's um <laughs> he's put on some phenomenal matches, whether it was a singles match, tag team, pay-per-view match, like come on, money in the bank. Edge has always he's always put on a good show. That is for damn sure. Um I just I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then, like, for, for you know, Beth, to, for them to bring it up to Beth on NXT and for her to, you know, comment. Like, they, they trying to make it look good and everything, you know. They're trying to, you know, make the, you know, make this, you know, the few look good and everything. But, again, I just personally think it's tasteless. Like, something should just never be, uh should just never be touched and I feel like even if you was gonna bring it up for Randy to do it the way he did it for them to do it that way it was very very tasteless I just I wish it would if they were gonna use that I feel like they should have took a different route but again that's just my opinion but I'm very excited to see where this is gonna go I definitely see this possibly going to Wrestlemania and them having a match at Wrestlemania I definitely feel like um that's the best way for Ash to end his career in his career and the way that he wants to end it um Drew McIntyre, I'm definitely curious to see how that's going to play out at WrestleMania between him and Brock. Um, I really am so annoyed with this whole Charlotte situation. I definitely really hope that she doesn't challenge Becky because I'm so sick of this her and Becky thing. Like, I've been over it. Um, I really just kind of want her to go back to freaking SmackDown. But, you know, that then that's going to cause her and Sasha. It's just a very uh, sensitive situation. But... Uh, you know, congratulations to all the superstars that you know walked away with a dub during the Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, this is February, so you know, this month is the Elimination Chamber, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, February, so they always do the Elimination Chamber in uh, freaking February. So, I'm really excited to see uh, how that's gonna go, like what they're gonna, um, what they're gonna do with that. That should be really cool to see. Um, hopefully, I believe, honestly, I think they're actually doing, oh, apparently Super Showdown is in February this year, February 27th, it looks like, 
Um, and then it looks like Elimination Chamber will not be until... Wow, Elimination Chamber got moved to merge. Okay, interesting. So, <laughs> I guess we'll see <laughs> See you guys for Super Showdown. Uh, can't wait to see what uh, matches are going to come up for this. I'm somehow sure that this is going to be interesting and not in the way that we think it is. So, you guys, again, this has been On the Mat and in the Ring with Coco. And we were covering this year's Royal Rumble winners. You guys have a great day and we will be back for the Super Showdown.